Checkup Podcast. My name is John. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ that struggles with drugs, alcohol, pride, and control. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the CR Checkup Podcast. I'm so excited to have each and every one of you here with us today. My hope is that I got a chance to see you either on Monday night at our Goodyear campus or on Wednesday night at our Buckeye campus. But regardless of whether you come to our meetings or you don't, or maybe you live in a different state or a different country, hey, we are so excited that you're here. We love you so much, and we hope that you can join in on the conversations that we started in person at both of our meetings. And I've actually been out of town for uh, basically the last two weeks, and so we haven't had a chance to get the podcast out. And so we're kind of playing a little bit of catch up and I'm excited to have our testimony um, just in the middle of the month, at the end of the month, uh, come and share our uh, his story here with us today. And the, the guy that um, is, is here with me is a great friend of mine, but known him for a really long time. One of the first guys I met in the program when I came uh, to Palm Valley Church and uh, just, just really honored and humbled uh, to get a chance to talk to him here today. And so uh, would you go ahead and introduce yourself for us? Well, sure. My name is Chris. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I struggle with lust, codependency, and pride, to name a few. (laughs) Chris, thank you so much for making the time to be here today. No problem. I appreciate it, John, having the opportunity. I... Literally, one of the biggest things that is is of the utmost importance to me when I walk into a meeting that I've been to before that I haven't been to in a while is I want to see somebody there that I saw the first time I came in. It's just this reassurance to me. It's It shows me or it tells me or it just maybe yeah gives me that comfort of knowing this place, something's good here, that there's somebody here who has been sticking around, they've been here for a long time, and uh, it just gives me that feeling of this is a safe place, Uh, God is doing a mighty work in this place, and you represent that in a really, really big way to me, because um, really, quite honestly, when I walked into uh, what we had as recovery back in the day at Palm Valley, when I first came in, I think you're the only person left from from that meeting. I, I think we're the only people left from that meeting. And just uh, being able to work alongside of you, serve alongside of you, grow alongside of you, uh, has a huge impact in my life. It's got. It's been a huge impact in my recovery, and it's just been a blessing to be able to serve with you um, over the years and and to just get to grow with you. You are a special individual, Chris. Thank you. Uh, I, I will tell you something about being here. Uh, at CR. It is just wonderful being here, and I don't want to ever miss, and I know I miss. We don't have control over all those things. Another issue I have, by the way, control. (laughs) But uh, the other thing is to have the familiar faces and to know that somebody's going to be there, whether they're people that will miss for a while or whatever. If they know that meeting's going to be there and they're going to come and see familiar faces, it is a wonderful thing maybe for you, but it is for me for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, the fact that for me, again, because somebody was here and again, I I see faces that familiar faces when I walk into a meeting and that makes a big difference to me. I want to be that person as well. I want to be a steady person in a meeting. I want to have a home group that I consistently go to because, uh, and I mean, we've been here long enough to see 
there's been plenty of people come in and there's been plenty of people who go out and it is discouraging or it's sad or it's heartbreaking when that happens. But yeah, to be able to have the diligence to stick around for the, the day that they come back because not all of them do, but we praise God when we do get to see those people come back. And I want to be here for that uh, again, because somebody was here for me. And you know, yes, that's true. And you know, just in the last few weeks, we've seen people that come back. But I will say this: if people come and actually get something out of this and go as a, a ministry, as far as uh, believing in Jesus Christ, my prayer, no matter who comes to this meeting, they get a little seed planted, mm-hmm. or they get something that gets them going. They're, they're doing good, and they they serve God in some other capacity, and are growing and learning as they're somewhere else. I, we can't keep track of them, yeah. but we love when they come back in here. So. Yeah, I think that's a part of everything that we do inside of our lives is all a part of the progression of our recovery. Sometimes we make mistakes, or well, you know, you and I, we, we make more than sometimes, but we make mistakes, right? And even though when we make mistakes inside of our recovery, it's still a part of the progress of learning and becoming who we are and God is forming us and shaping us. And we have to be willing to be able to say, even though I make mistakes, even my mistakes are helping me progress. And when people come, even if they don't stick around, we pray to God that they've gone somewhere else and are getting the help. But we know that, you know, it's a part of the process, right? Yep, it is. It's very much part of the process, and uh, as soon as I feel like I've got it all together, that's when I'm not uh, working my recovery, and I'm not helping anybody. Yeah, uh, for I, sure. I don't need to do that. I that's such a uh, that's such an important concept to understand. I think generally that concept comes through coming into the program, getting that feeling of that pink cloud. I've got some things under control. I'm, I'm working through it. Man, I am crushing it, right? <laughs> and then we hit that first roadblock and we go, oh, okay. At the same time we fall on our face and we wonder what happened. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes. And again, a part of the process and understanding, okay, so long as I live, I'll continue to make mistakes. I'm not going to be perfect. It's this is not a, a Pro, a program of perfection. It's simply about progress and trying to make progress in everything that we do. And you, my friend, are one of those guys who I continue to see doing that over the years. And uh, we we get a chance to have a lot of really honest conversations about a, a lot of different things. And um, you you are an invaluable friend. Thank you, John. I appreciate that. My heart is with you, buddy. I mm-hmm. love you. I love you too. All right. So for those who don't know you, though, I would love to just get a, give them a chance to get to know you a little bit better. And so um, you've been in the program for, for, for quite a while, right? A um, uh, little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Can you uh, just share uh, with, with our listeners just a little bit about kind of what brought you into the program and, and your experiences in the program, uh, different, different programs over the years, right? And uh, just how things are today and, and so on and so forth. Um, well, back... Uh I come from a family of 10, and uh, you would think that uh, there might be some fighting, but I definitely wouldn't feel lonely. But I'll tell you the biggest thing that I remember coming out of there is wanting attention, individual Mm -hmm. attention, feeling good, and not having a whole lot of self-esteem and self-worth. And so in that, uh, there was ways that I would uh, uh, comfort myself or do... uh, things so I felt more important or 
felt like I was growing or I was becoming a man. Actually, it was more like I wanted to be a man and it felt like I would never be there hmm. in my whole life. It, it doesn't hardly matter whether I was a kid or I'm a man. I'm still <laughs> reaching for that that uh, fantasy goal of being yeah. a man. Right. It's always ahead. The, yeah. the expectations are never met. It's always yeah, yes. searching. And so my self-esteem and self-worth is was never real good. And I can't say it's tremendous now, and maybe that's a praise to God because it keeps me leaning on mm-hmm. Him and leaning on others. Yeah. But um, when I first got into recovery, uh, I was, uh, as I say, lust was what brought me into the recovery. And uh, I was married at the time, and my wife found about some stuff, and I ended up we ended up going counseling, which was excellent for us. Mm. And the counselor introduced us to. Uh, the um, 12-step programs, mm. and I went to SAA, which is Sex Addicts Anonymous. In that program, I was amazed at the the caring and the uh, comfort that people would give you there, not mm. because they don't agree with what you're doing or vice versa, right. but they have stories that help you grow, and it's, it's like a tender hand leading, yes, let's all grow together kind yeah, of thing. The love good. is tremendous. So that was very good for me. And then uh, as I was getting more recovery and the counseling, um, things happened where my wife wasn't uh, finding uh, 12-step programs very useful, and uh, she wasn't getting much. And once the counseling ended, it was easy to fall back into old patterns. Yeah. And I was confronted at one time that I cared more about my recovery family than my own family, and it uh, made me kind of draw back, mm. and I wasn't going. And things eventually got worse to a point where we were in uh, in trouble, and uh, we ended up getting divorced. And uh, since then, things haven't uh, patched together between her and I as far as we're, it feels like. Yeah. It feels like she's totally angry with me, and uh, it's not like we have a whole lot of words. Of course, we raised our kids and uh, did what we had to. Yeah. Anyways, but uh, what I found out after that is having people and, and uh, that I can depend on and people I can talk to open and honestly is incredible for helping me heal. Mm. Um it's just been wonderful. Uh, CR has been around here, and I've been in several different CR groups, and we've been in this one for five years now. We're real close. Mm-hmm. And before that, we had recovery at Palm Valley as um, spiritual recovery. And it was it's all good. Yeah. We're talking about the stuff. Same stuff. Yes, same stuff. But uh, one of the things in, in uh, um, CR, Celebrate Recovery, or the spiritual recoveries, we talk about... God, we talk about Jesus Christ, which uh, it's not like it's totally out of the ballpark in the uh, <laughs> secular recovery groups, but it feels real good when it's pointing to the true Lord and Savior. Yeah, that's specific. Yes. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy that, and it brings me back to Him, which I, this is something else I grew up. It was like. Your job is to become a man. Mm. Your job is to be good. Your job is to be able to handle everything. And, and you know, even though you want to do all that stuff, uh, uh, have a, a career and be able to take care of your family and stuff, 
in reality, some things get in the way and there's trip ups and we're not perfect. So when, when in my case, if I uh, wanted to feel like a man, well, it kept, it kept moving out further. It's mm. kind of like the dangling carrot in front of you. Yeah. And I kept wanting to uh, achieve that, reach that goal. And my whole life wasn't. So in recovery and in, in getting to know the Lord cl- closer, more my relationship with us grow, yeah, I don't have to. Mm. I, I need to keep on track and do what I can. I need to understand when I make mistakes and be willing to um, make amends and uh, will try not to do those kind of things again uh, and uh, just move forward. Mm. But, but really... I tended to lean more on myself than anybody else, and if I couldn't do it, I'd feel worse than I already did. Mm. So in recovery, it's about having friends and family that are helping you or walking alongside you, and in CR, it's about having our Lord and Savior never leaving us, never forsaking us, always being there, always willing to listen, and always willing to give us a helping hand up. Yeah. No, it's so good, man. One of the things I think that you you talk about often, and I think we kind of already touched on this a little bit, but would love if you just shared some, is um, the desire to arrive. <laughs> and certainly we can get it. this program confused in thinking that this program is going to give us the answer to not ever struggling anymore, um, to fixing the things that... Uh, you know, we struggle with, you know, we want to graduate, we want to, you know, be fixed, and we want to be, you know, perfect. And that's just not the reality of the human experience, you know, that we will we'll always have our sin nature, uh, this side of heaven, we're always gonna make poor decisions and mistakes. And again, I know we already touched on this a little bit, but I would love if you just shared a little bit, because I know over over the years, this has been something that you've talked about, and and I have seen you make moves in that and, and grow. And so could you share a little bit about your journey in, in working through that concept in itself that we don't graduate from this program, um, that we, we learn how to manage and navigate uh, life with the tools that we receive in the program? Yeah, I love to do that. Uh, it's very important to me. Just recently, it really hasn't been that long that I've recognized that I'm always trying to arrive. Mm. And part of the, the grace and the, uh, and the healing that's come from saying, I don't need to arrive, is really a wonderful feeling. Mm. As far as being young, when I was real young, I idolized my dad. I couldn't wait to grow up and be just like him. And as I was growing up, you know, my dad failed. And um, I wasn't wanting to be like him, but there was always somebody out there that looks like they got their whole act together. Mm -hmm. So let me throw a cliche or what I think of as a cliche out there. Um, uh, My insides never match the outsides of others. I always Mm -hmm. wanted to look like, like I had it together because they did as far as was in my mind. Right. And as long as I look at them, for one thing, it's, it's tremendous expectations on especially mm-hmm. people close to us. We look like they arrived, and then they, when they fail at something, we're ra- real angry. I'm real angry at them because mm. what the heck was that? <laughs> 
But in reality, they're just human trying to get it. And my perception of them is not necessarily a good perception. Hmm. One of the great things in recovery, when we talk about uh, what we battle with on the inside, and it's not on the inside then, it becomes out, all of a sudden we're becoming vulnerable and we have other people that are vulnerable with us. It's like, man, I'm not alone. Yeah, this guy that I thought was had it all together. Yeah, he struggles mm. daily like me. Oh, wow, yes. <laughs> it's like I need to know that because yeah. it feels like I'm a failure otherwise. Right. So uh, as I look at others, uh, I really try to remember <laughs> that they're human. Mm. And Lord, help me to look at myself because I'm the one I can beat up the most mm. um, as far as failing to meet a certain expectation that I have on myself. So I hope I'm not taking too many liberties here, but I'm trying to kind of connect the dots and stuff. Would you say then one of the biggest uh, or one of the most helpful things in this understanding uh, that we, we don't arrive is being around honest, vulnerable people who are willing to share their faults, even when it doesn't necessarily look like they are struggling or, or something of that nature? If someone looks like they've got it all together, I, I, I see this at church. I, I was raised Catholic, and I'm not, there's nothing bad about that. Sure. I, just uh, the priest seemed like were telling you how you needed to get together, and, and I always thought the priests were pretty much perfect. They were right next to God or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're not. They struggle with the same things. I remember seeing... Seeing them, uh, you know, out having a beer, and I'm thinking, what's the difference with them and and my dad or whatever? Yeah, and not not that there's anything wrong with that, but um, the fact of the matter is, there's nobody out here that's got everything together, and and we can all share some knowledge and good things that may help each other, but we can also share things that are are we're struggling in. Yeah. And it sure makes other people be able to uh, uh, have the freedom to be vulnerable because, yeah. yeah, now, hey, I'm not alone. Right. There's somebody else that struggles with this. It's it's wonderful to, yeah. to do that. Uh, no, I, yeah, I, I would say I agree. Like, uh, that's what's kind of trying to, uh, to draw these, this idea out that, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. It wasn't, uh, I remember hearing in the rooms uh, that, I didn't know that this was a problem because I didn't know that there was a solution. And that's this, this understanding of like what I'm going through, the experiences, the struggles, you know, the interactions I'm having with people, they all seem singular to me. (laughs) It's the movie of John and there's all these crazy things happening and, you know, I've never experienced them before and neither has anybody else is what it seems like. Right. And then, we come into the rooms, and we, for me anyways, feel like I still have to hold it all together. I can't let these people know, right? Yeah. yeah. And then, here we go. People start sharing, hey, you know, my name is so-and-so, and I struggle with this. I did this, and, oh, you know, I was doing this, and uh, now I'm in recovery, and, and I'm doing this, or I'm struggling with that. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, you know, because I, I wasn't raised Catholic, but I was raised Southern Baptist, which is, is probably <laughs> as close as you no, get. Okay. <laughs> but, it, it, you know, very similar, very very legalistic in that sense. Again, I'm not bashing Southern Baptism, but right. 
it's just kind of the culture that I was brought up in, 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 in my case anyways, and understanding that it's, it's what Paul talks about. It's in my weakness that I, that yes. God's strength is, is seen. And that's what I want to boast in. And this is the difference between what I experience in the rooms and what I had been taught my whole life is that I thought that I could be good enough. I could read the Bible enough. I could, you know, not do the wrong things enough, and that would bring me closer to God, which are all good things I yes. should, I should, you know, attempt to do, and we should actually talk about that in just a minute. But really, the main thing is understanding my own brokenness. It's understanding and accepting that I am just a man and that I am nothing without the one who lives in me that allows me to even have righteousness to begin with, right? Yeah. When you're talking, I was thinking about denial, okay? Mm -hmm. When do you know that you're in denial? <laughs> you don't know until it's, it comes to your mind and say, mm -hmm. oh, maybe I need to fix this, or this may be a problem for me. <laughs> and sitting here right now, I'm saying I'm not in denial of anything. Well, in reality, <laughs> there's probably some denial there that just hasn't opened up in my mind. Yeah. And so as we go forward, it's like, it's okay. Uh, we can't we can't do everything uh, we don't what we we can't do what we don't know yeah and so to be willing to continue to grow and to learn and and change that's great it's totally different than having these expectations that I'm going to arrive because mm. as soon as that comes in my pride is incredible mm. and then I don't want to listen to anybody cuz I already know and as long as that's there, it's really hard to grow and to learn if mm. if you don't have to learn anything. <laughs> it's like, put your hand up. Okay, yeah. talk to the hand or whatever. I don't know. It's yeah. probably real old. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> it's it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's good because I could go on forever. Blah, blah, blah. No, I, I love the simplistic way that you said it, though, is that we can't grow unless we're willing to learn. And I can't grow if I'm not willing to learn. Right. And I think that that is, that's absolutely right. If I know it all. What's there to learn? What's there to learn? Yeah. That's so good. So we kind of touched on it for just a second, and I want to get into it a little bit more. We've been talking about step 11 at our groups, and we're going to be going on to talk about step 12 before we do it all over again, uh, starting in June. We're celebrate our mm -hmm. five-year anniversary in Goodyear and one-year yep. anniversary in Buckeye. Very mm -hmm. exciting. We've been yes. there for both, right? Yes. It's very cool. Um, but we're talking about step 11. We sought through prayer and meditation to prove our conscious contact with God, praying only for the knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And uh, I would just love to hear just your thoughts a little bit about what's been your journey, your experience uh, with that. I know you've had some some things outside of the program that certainly fit into this, but uh, that you could definitely share. But what is like what does that look like for you in the program, out of the program, intertwined, uh, any which way? Maybe advice that was given to you during Sep Eleven, or what you share with your sponsees. Any of that stuff, uh, just thoughts, I guess, in general on Step 11. Well, I, I really believe that um, continually coming, and, and, and whether you're in a group or you're outside a group and you have friends that are actually holding each other accountable, reality, because we can get in clicks that we're going to agree on the mm -hmm. same thing and it's not helping us at all. But uh, as far as improving our conscious contact with God, that was that's probably a big stumbling block for me because I felt like I always wanted to be 
a godly man from a young age. Mm-hmm. And then when things happen and I do some stuff that's really not godly, then I start wondering, how can I be a godly man? And just recently, it seems like what's really clicking in my mind is the fact that whatever I'm willing to put in this brain of mine, what I'm willing to watch it, listen to it, see it, engage in it, or whatever, if it's not godly, that mm-hmm. is not bringing me closer to God. Mm. So how do I get closer to God other than being uh, in fellowship and in and God's Word and in prayer and stuff like that, where I'm actually hearing God's voice more clearly, more than the world, mm. because my whole life it's like, well, I just have to be good enough and show the whole world, <laughs> and basically the whole world is influencing me. Mm. So uh, in my mind today, I would, I, would, uh, I would not advise, I would encourage anyone, if you're not reading the Bible, start reading the Bible. And you're going to have struggles. Yeah. I still have struggles with a lot of it. Same. But the more I read it, the more pieces fit together. The more mm. it becomes more real in my life. It's not this yeah. fairy tale of, yes, someday God's going to come down and make everything well. Well, Jesus said we're going to have trouble in this world. Yeah, I don't want to hear that part. No, 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 that's not part of it. Yes, it is. Yeah. But the problem with that is we don't want paradise or heaven. We don't want God's presence uh, when we leave this life. We want it right now. Mm. And it's like, well, he is here, and and it's real, but we're not looking for it. We're not seeing it because... I'm more concerned with, well, how's that? How's that baseball game going? Mm. You know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that kind of stuff. But when it becomes my God, it doesn't matter what it is. It's still taking me away from our true God. It yeah. becomes a little God in our life, and it it does not help for yeah. me. And and I would suggest, and I hopefully I'm being a friend to whether they're sponsees or just accountability people that. That's where I'm pointing is to the Lord and knowing the Lord better. And how does that work? I don't think there's a real formula for that. Mm. And maybe we're looking for a real formula, but the, it's just about time, taking time and meditation, which I'm not great at. But when I think about it, when I'm reading the word and God's speaking to me, it's like, oh, Mm. Oh, and and all of a sudden it's like it, it'll hit me right between the eyes, and I'll say, how did I ever miss that? <laughs> yeah. So I truly believe the more I am in the Word, the more I'm in fellowship, the more I'm willing to talk about Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, the more I can actually hear Him. Yeah. I actually... Uh, listen to the Word. The other day somebody uh, was talking about... Uh, well, if you're yelling behind me, hey, Chris, hey, it's me or whatever, do I know him? No, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. But once I have a relationship and actually I'm working and talking with them and I felt we have fellowship, somebody might yell and I may re- recognize their voice before I even know it's them. Yeah. Yeah, I know who you are. Well, it's the same with Jesus. And I really, I will say that my friend Dylan is the one that brought that up, but it's, it's incredible. If yeah. we don't know somebody, if we don't trust them, mm. how are we going to listen? Yeah. And if I don't know Jesus, how am I going to trust him? So right. let's, let's get to know him. Yeah, yeah. 
just learning, just finding different ways to be able to engage with him, still right? Still learning? <laughs> yeah, a lot of yes. times it still comes back to it all, right? Yeah. It just still just... Uh, I think time and time it comes back to doesn't necessarily matter how you do it, just that you do it, that you find a way to try to spend time uh, with God. And I think that's very mystified <laughs> oftentimes. We'd be like, oh my gosh, I don't know what that... What does that mean or what does that look like? Well, in reality, John, have you ever, there's a moment and you feel, oh my gosh, I feel so close. And you want to recreate that moment Mm -hmm. like it's something you did. Yeah, It's not necessarily you. It's just about keep going and looking and maybe totally different ways. Yeah, for sure. So... Well, we and I, we've we've spent some time out in on on the mountains together, you know, and and I think those are all in pursuit of of him as well, you know, just trying to get away a little bit and get away from all of the the drama that that I create in life, you know, and get to a different space, get get to a higher space, and be able to say, okay, you know, like I I I need a change of scenery in order to put things into perspective, and I need to be with you know, guys who, who love me and care about me and, and, uh, just be able to have conversations like that. And, and I, I do think that that's all in, it's not in vain. It's, it's, it's a part of the spiritual journey. And, uh, once we open ourselves up to that, I think it's where it gets really beautiful. So how much of my expectation causes me to have, uh, struggles because when it, my expectations on that, and this is so many words, whether I'm going to have a quiet time or mm. where I'm going to go be with a lot of people or I'm going to be in a crowd, I think my expectations kind of kill me mm. because if they don't go my way, then I'm upset. Yeah. Now, if I could go into wherever I'm going, whether it's a quiet time or a, um, some kind of event or a dinner and just love the point, part that I'm, I'm able to do this and say... Lord, help me see what you want me to see yeah. in this, rather than this is what I want to see, and if I don't see this, then I'm going to be all excited. Yeah. I wish I could say I don't do that, but I still do that a lot. Me too. I mean, even with just, uh, I guess it feels weird saying this, but it's some, uh, something as simple as reading the Bible, which isn't, I mean, it's simple, but <laughs> but going, sitting down and just saying, oh, yeah, no, I expect to get the chills from reading, you know, I'm going through judges right now and I'm just kind of like, Oh geez, you know, it's, it's not there. There are times when in the morning I'm sitting down doing my, my time and I'm just like, wow, you know, everything is speaking to me. Mm-hmm. Things are making sense. Kind of like you said that never made sense before. I'm like, I've read this 15 times and it's, you know, it's, right. my mind is in a fog, but you know, now I'm reading it right now and it's just blowing my mind. Right. Um, it's not always like that. And, and so, yeah, I think you're totally right without not going in with expectations. And that's what step 11 says, praying only for the knowledge of his will and the power to carry it out. Well, John, I I'm admitting this really uh, recently is the fact that I'll get up in the morning and say a prayer. And that wasn't all of my life when I did that. But during the day, once I'm done with that prayer, it's like, it's like, I tell God, I got it. Yeah. (laughs) I'll let you know if I need any more help. And in reality, John, I I need to have him there. It's like talking to him on a regular basis during the day. Hey, am I saying the right words to you? Did I treat you right right now? Uh, Hopefully I am communicating um, his will in this microphone, not not what I want people to learn or hear, but 
please know him. Yeah. Well, and you you wrapped up your testimony by saying something kind of of this nature, right? It was uh, trying to follow his will and not my idea of what his will is for me. And that is so good because, yeah, even in the pursuit of trying to know God's will, we can still... Yeah, you know, we're like, yeah, uh, kind of. Let's throw this in there a little bit. Well, this. that way I could blame God on it. It's <laughs> like convenient. I'm the blame, right? Here. I don't know. <laughs> oh man, yeah. That, uh, well, thanks for for sharing. And obviously, we could sit here and talk about this all day. And I just love your conversations. But I will tell you one more thing, John. You know, when we can get like this in a conversation and in, in, in recovery, you can't do that. That's why a fellowship is so important. Yeah, is to be able to sit down and have some laughs and yeah. actually get real. And uh, uh, if we had more time or we actually reach out, it happens. And, yeah. it, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm yeah. grateful for this time, too. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like the meeting after the meeting. Yes. Hang, hang around after the meeting and have conversations with people because that's that's what you get into conversations like this. But yeah. no, I appreciate you. But before we go, you know, I, I just pray to God that uh, there's some people who are really fresh uh, just coming into the rooms, just trying to figure out what this looks like, or maybe a friend shared this podcast with them, um, and they they might not even have any interest in Celebrate Recovery. Um, what would you share with those people about the program or with the people who are just getting started out? What I would share with if there's any any emptiness in your life or mm-hmm. any feeling of you're not worth love or any kind of uh, feeling that you aren't meeting a mark. See, mm-hmm. our, our Lord Jesus Christ loves you tremendously, mm-hmm. and he wants you to come. He wants you to get that filled. He wants you to understand that you are a special and important person. Mm-hmm. Each one of us are, and that's how we ought to treat each other. But as selfish as I am, I don't always do that, but the Lord does. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm learning in CR and with uh, my, uh, my friends there because it's a love and a caring that you don't see everywhere else. Yeah. So please, if you're struggling anywhere, anyhow, come and be loved. Amen. That was beautiful, man. <laughs> I, I was just sitting here listening and like, man, that was so encouraging just to hear you say well, that. Well, so. you got to say it because if it's Chris, it's not Chris. <laughs> it must have been inspiration because it wasn't Chris. Oh, you, uh, you are an amazing person, Chris, and I love you so much, and God bless you. Um, if you guys want to uh, get to know Chris a little bit better, he comes to both our Monday night meetings and our Buckeye uh, Wednesday night meetings, but he also serves at another meeting in Buckeye on Fridays as well. You want to share our listeners with that at another place uh, that they can go and uh, – here, here the the recovery. Yes, uh, um, on Friday nights at uh, six thirty, at the Summit Church, which is just south of I ten, uh, off of Broadway, and I believe that's Roosevelt. You can't miss it. There's nothing else out there hardly. It's uh, <laughs> the Summit Church. We'll meet there, and uh, we do the same thing. We love each other. We talk about uh, our struggles, and we grow. Yeah. So uh, anywhere, go to a meeting. Go find somebody that's gonna love you for who you are and walk with you and this is where what we do yeah well again chris thank you so much i love you bro god bless you and can't wait to have you back on here again thanks john mine you're too i don't know how to say it that's all right love you brother love you too
Thank you for listening to the CR Checkup Podcast. This podcast is meant to start conversations, not end them. So we encourage you to continue having conversations wherever you're at. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then please share it with someone else. You can also reach us by emailing recovery at palmvalley.org.